This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. I'm sure Uncle Aaron will be very upset to hear how we've been treated with such disrespect. Indeed. Uh, Today's feature presentation is The Mighty Ducks from 1992. I love this movie, Katie. I love this movie. What is it, though? What's this movie? It's a hockey movie with kids. And it's amazing. It's a hockey movie with kids. It's, you know, a lawyer played by Emilio Estevez. Uh, He loves to win and he's all about winning. But he has to do community service because he was a drunk driver and got in trouble for it. And he has to learn the power of teamship, teamship, uh, teams and getting along with people and good sportsmanship and all of that. Teamship? Is that a, yeah. is that a new word? Now it is, yes. <laughs> the teamwork was the... Uh... Teamwork and friendship, I think, is what I was going for, but now it's teamship. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine. It's Disney. You're allowed to make up your own words. It's Disney. Um, Yeah, the history behind this one, uh, one thing I found was that Jake Gyllenhaal turned down the role of Charlie Conway, who's like one of the main kids in this movie, which that was just kind of a fun fact there. That'd it would have been... Very Sorry. Different movie? Yeah. I feel like it would have been weird because it's Joshua Jackson who plays Charlie Conway. And I mean, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, but it would have been weird. Yeah. Um, the other thing was like the critical reception was on this one was kind of mixed, but it was a huge box office success. Not like one of, I know some of the other ones we've talked about where Disney didn't expect much from it and then it like blew it out of the water. I think this, just reading between the lines of what I was reading, I don't think it was quite to that extent. But I think they had a certain level of expectation and this outperformed it. And I mean, it was enough of a box office success that they ended up getting two sequels and an animated cartoon spinoff. So it obviously did enough for them that they could justify investing more in it. I mean, these the sequels aren't even that bad either. They're pretty they're pretty decent. So I get no. It. I think I remember the second one actually being the best of the trilogy. We'll see when we get to it. But I, I remember liking D2 a lot. Yeah, I mean, I do. I think I just like all of them, maybe. Yeah, and I don't even remember like which thing happens in which one, which we'll talk about when we get into the moments here. But yeah, I, I like this series a lot. I like this movie a lot. The other thing is that this was filmed in Minnesota. Like most of the movie, not everything, you know, some of it's filmed in LA. Um, but a lot of it was filmed in Minnesota, especially a lot of the exteriors and a lot of the things on hockey rinks. Um, it was filmed in, it said several locations around Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I like recognize the streets. Like I, I know the streets, I know the skyline, like even inside of some of these hockey rinks, because I was doing live production for a good decade of my career. A lot of that was covering sports because that's what you do in live production. You do sports and events. I feel like I've been in a bunch of these hockey rinks that were in this movie when I was doing work. And it's just so weird that like, I I got that sense of like place and knowing that it's real and it really made me realize like how much is just shot in LA or like Toronto or Vancouver any of the cities that double for all the other cities in the world because they have tax incentives right mm-hmm. and Minnesota for a period of time in the 90s we had movie tax incentives and we were like a movie city, which was cool. It was never as big as LA or New York because that's just not the way it is. But the way that like um, right now, you know, a lot of films are shot in Georgia. That's because they have tax incentives. Like you see that at the end of the credits on a lot of movies, you know, the like Georgia whatever fund production fund or something. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that is tax incentives that they give them to come shoot in Georgia. And in there's a period in like the late 
80s into like I think it's like the latish 90s where Minnesota was doing that we gave tons of tax incentives to have movies come here and shoot so you see a lot of 90s movies that were shot here and this one is just such a perfect fit for it because it's a hockey movie and we are a hockey state as much as I'm not a sports person there's no denying that Minnesota is a hockey state so there's something about this movie that just speaks to me because like I grew up here this is my state this is like my hometown right the twin cities even if it's this is shot in minneapolis and i'm from the suburbs but still that feeling of like place uh is something that i almost never get because like movies just don't shoot here anymore is that one diner is that a real place um that one i'm not sure about but almost all of the exteriors i was like oh yeah these are these are real places in the twin cities like i know these these all look familiar Okay, because I've seen that diner in so many movies. Like, it's in Jingle All the Way and, like, a couple other movies, too. Yeah, well, that was another one that was shot in Minnesota, so it might be a real place. It could be. I'm glad. I love Jingle All the Way, so I can't wait for us to, like, cover that movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that, I mean, I kind of started getting into my thoughts about it, right? The high-level thoughts. So, again, I love that it's a Minnesota movie. Um, That being said, there's a lot that, and again, this is me not being a hockey person, but picking it up through osmosis because of where I live. There's so much that's just factually wrong about peewee hockey in this movie, but whatever, just kind of hand wave it away because the tone of this movie is perfect. I loved it. Did you think they were going to get it spot on on how peewee hockey is supposed to be? It's like, it's not that complicated. Like it wouldn't have taken a whole lot of effort to get it better. But I mean, I guess I don't know what I expected. But yeah, what did you think about this one? Well, I really liked this movie. It was one of my favorite ones growing up. Like, my brother and I loved this movie so much. We saw it so many times. Um, I think we were supposed to be extras in the crowd in one of the movies, either the second or the third one, because they filmed it, I think, at the Arrowhead Pond, which is now called the Honda Center in Anaheim. It's where the ducks play, like the actual ducks. So it would not have been the first one then, because that first one was before the Mighty Ducks existed in Anaheim. I actually like the name of the hockey team, I think, came because of this movie. <laughs> oh, it did. No, it absolutely did. Well, the Mighty Ducks used to be owned by Disney. Like the actual hockey team was owned by Disney. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. So it makes a lot of sense. They're still called the Ducks and they play at the Honda Center. It used to be called the Pond, which was perfect. <laughs> yeah. But they changed the name of it. Anyways, I love this movie. It's got Charlie Conway is played by Joshua Jackson, whom, if anybody knows me, I'm a huge Dawson's Creek fan. And this is Pacey Witter as a child. Oh, that's Pacey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I told you this. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Something didn't click until this moment. But now I got it. I see it now. Yes. That's why I love like, like this is where Joshua Jackson came from, which is why it's so funny. In Dawson's Creek, he makes a reference to this movie because... They are doing like a breakfast club thing. And, you know, Emilio Estevez was in the breakfast club. Yeah. And they go, oh, what did that? What did the cast, the rest of the cast do? And he goes, oh, Emilio Estevez, he was in those Ducks movies. And I was like, you right on the nose, sir, because you were in that movie, too. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, I love kids like sports movies. They're so great. I've watched so many of them. And it was really funny. I was thinking about this while I was writing these notes is that I swear the plot line for most of these like kids sports movies are the same. Oh, totally. Yeah. The through line anyway. Yeah. You have a team full of jerks with a jerk coach and then you have a team of underdogs. And then I listed out a bunch of movies that have that plot line. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, list them out. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Little Giants, The Sandlot. The Sandlot didn't have the jerk coach thing, but they did have the other baseball team that was kind of a bunch of jerks. Yep. Um, The rest of the Mighty Ducks movies. And then even the Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. plot line. For sure. For sure. Um, I think I found that I... I apparently also like a really good sports story, but I only like it in movie form, not like actual sports. Like I've never found much enjoyment watching actual sports. Um, Most of what I've gotten, most of what I've learned about sports, I've gotten through actually doing production and working on live sports, which I always loved doing that, like for a job, you know, producing the TV that other people are watching. That was always fun for me. But like sitting at home and watching live sports was just not something I've ever been into. But I like a good sports story when it's in movie form like this. So Mighty Ducks completely works for me. And those other movies you were listing off, I was like, oh, yeah, those are good movies. So I guess just in general, I like a good sports movie. Um, And then the other thing was that this was like less gimmicky than I remembered. I remembered a lot more like gimmicky plays and kind of just things that... I'm guessing are in the later movies instead of this. I mean, I know they had like the flying V and they had a couple things in here, but I thought it was a lot more like trick plays and gimmicks and stuff. But yeah, maybe that's D2 or D3, like one of the sequels. I mean, I think they always had some of those like trick play things where they, you know, the fake outs with Fulton because, you know, he hits the hockey puck really hard. And then they have the girl who's like the figure skater. Right. They do they like have the distraction. Flying v. Yeah. Like flying V is iconic. And then they have like the, the triple deke thing, which is kind of a trick and kind of just a skill. I think it's never really made clear. Yeah. I mean, they do a few things where they use like the art of distraction and different things like that to like play better. And that's in all sports movies and stuff like that. Then I don't know if they actually do that stuff in real life, but it's there. Yeah. So let's get into some moments from this one. Um, what jumped out to you, Katie? Um, I the kids are both super amazing and also super mean at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The way that I put it was that like they're the most tame version of punk kids ever. Like it's a very 90s approach to having like, quote unquote, like punks without them actually being bad, but also kind of being a little bit. You know, it, it's a weird middle ground. It is because you have like, like Fulton Reed, right? Like he's supposed to be probably the most like, I don't know, standoffish kid, like the weird kid or like the punk kid who looks like he's like a bad kid or something. Yeah. Like a bad boy or whatever. But he's not even the one that's the jerk most of the time. Like there's just that one kid who just hates banks. Yeah. Him and then that other kid who wears like the leather jacket where the two of them are the ones that overhear Bombay like being sarcastic, but they don't understand sarcasm, but they actually do. I don't know. <laughs> That's a classic 90s movie move too. They like overhear something and they just misunderstand. And then a lot of the movie is just miscommunication. I was still dying over that one line where the guy was like, it was sarcasm. Do you understand that? And then the one kid was like, no. <laughs> That was good. It was a solid joke. It was really good. He's like, well, okay, then you get it. But it's always that whole like only hears half the conversation and doesn't stay to listen to the whole thing. So it's a misunderstanding. But that builds for a good uh, plot line. Well, and the kids are, you know, they're that like tame version of punk. Like they do a bunch of practical jokes and, you know, like jokey stuff. There was literally a fast forward chase scene in this movie 
that was just it felt really weird and kind of out of place because the rest of the movie isn't like that which one is that it was when they were like doing the stuff with the purse and the thief at the beginning when they were like pranking him in the car and then as they're running away it's like literally a fast forward like benny hill type of thing yeah it was weird it was really weird, yeah. But, I mean, no, the kids work, like, the, as characters. Like, mm-hmm. I know that you wanted to call out a couple of them, right? Um, I didn't... I, I don't like how they treat Banks, like, this entire movie. And yeah. the dad, like, his dad, not a great dad. <laughs> no. Because he was all about the team, but they're supposed to show the difference, right? That, like, all the kids that are part of the Hawks are, like, these rich, upper-class kids versus like the lower income, the kids who don't have the right equipment are on the ducks. Yeah. Like that's who they are. And they're supposed to be showing like both like educational differences, like economic background difference. And then Banks gets pulled over to being on uh, the other team. And the dad's like, oh, well, we'll fix that next year. My kid is too good to be on your team. I'm like, but what? it's just hockey. Calm down. <laughs> like, yep. Some of that's real. I mean, some of it is the hockey's actually a really expensive sport to have your kid in. Oh, um, no, again, I get that. This is like a thing from just Minnesota and osmosis. Like, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, you have a kid in football and it gets expensive with the gear and, you know, training and paying for the off season And like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Hockey's like that, but more like hockey's more expensive as a sport for your kid than football is. So, yeah, there's definitely like class disparity to some extent, like most of the kids playing hockey are pretty well off in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, like in order for the ducks to get the right equipment, they had to get sponsored by his job. Like, yeah. By which his law firm leads to the training montage, which is fantastic because it's a train mon- training montage. It's really good. I like when they're doing the whole egg thing, like he's showing them how to, how to like take soft hands, soft hands and how to like, uh, function while like hitting the puck and stuff like that and it was it was very interesting and really funny my favorite part was when they tied goldberg to the goal and just like shot uh, pucks at him and then just left him there (laughs) well and and that's like where they really start highlighting the strengths of the different kids right Mm -hmm. they really try to show like just how good they are and um i don't know it's really funny because i always remember like charlie being like the main character of this when he really isn't like, he is and he isn't because, like, it's more that the majority of the kids are really the main characters. Yeah. So I kind of like that more that they didn't, like, have just one kid stand out where, like, all the kids sort of stand out, which is good. Yeah. Well, and there's a good, like, diversity of kids, too, whereas they make a lot of the other teams just look like generic white kids, which, honestly, that's that's mostly what hockey is up here in Minnesota. Um so it was cool to see a lot of like representation on the team, you know, not only like different backgrounds and ethnicities and stuff, but like, I know you called out the fact that they even have girls on the team. Like they do. It's cool. I like that. Like, I love that it's a, an actual like diverse team with a good mix. Yeah. They have girls on the team and then they keep that throughout like all three of the movies. Cause all three of the movies have a girl on the team, one or two on the team. So I like that. Whereas like the Hawks in this movie, Generic white people. <laughs> Lots of yep. it. Yeah, which is, like I said, that's pretty accurate to how hockey is in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but one of the other things I wanted to call out was they have a Skyway rollerblading sequence. 
and it's part of that training montage, but man, it just made me think that there were parts of this movie that were probably so fun to make because like the Skyway is a thing in Minnesota. Um, if you go downtown Minneapolis, we have uh, a Skyway that's like the third story up from ground level and all of the building, not all, but almost all of the buildings in downtown are connected via the Skyway. So it's almost like having a second street for you to walk on, but three levels up in the air. And so when you walk through the Skyway in downtown, it's kind of like walking down the street. Like you go across roads when you're walking above them, but then when you're inside each building, you have shops around you and you have like places to eat, there's lunch places. And so um, the part that they showed in here was those kids like actually rollerblading in the Skyway and then they come out into a mall, which is like a mall that actually exists that's connected to the Skyway. And I was just like, oh, I used to go get there to get cupcakes to bring home to my wife when I worked downtown. Like, I know that mall. Like, it's, it, it just goes back to the fact that this is a Minnesota movie, and I love that about it. That's really cool. I mean, it looks super fun, like all the things that they did and whatnot. And, and that's when they were trying to teach Fulton how to skate. Yeah. That's really fun. The 90s made some really great, like, I don't know, really great movies that make you, like, wish that you could have the same lives as these children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not exactly the same lives, but at least the highlights look fun. Yeah, I mean, I, there's certain parts of their lives that I don't want, but a good part of it would be. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way you could get away with, like, rollerblading through a mall now. Do people even rollerblade now? Uh, yeah, people rollerblade, but probably not in the Skyway in through a mall. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else jump out at you? Um, the coach for the Hawks. Not yeah. a good person. No, he's the bad guy in the movie. Yeah. He puts so much pressure on the kids and it that's just unreasonable. And I think he's supposed to represent like a lot of there are parents and coaches out there who put so much pressure on their kids to win. Like, this is the end-all, be-all. Like, if you don't win this peewee hockey, like, game, you'll never win anything in your entire life, and that's the only thing that matters. And I was like, God, the children, calm down. Yeah, not cool, coach. I know. <laughs> um, that probably gets us into the bad and the good then. So, the bad for this one. Uh, I called out that some of the language probably wouldn't fly today. Uh, it's 90s language. It's not nearly like what we've been running into from the 50s for like sexism and racism but there's just some stuff that's not really uh pc these days like that you know it was just little things i caught and i was like "Ooh, you wouldn't hear that in like a 2020 movie um but that was like the main thing that jumped out to me i know the other thing you called out was the coach again right yeah that he's just a giant jerk and he taught he was basically teaching the kids to hurt other kids to win because you saw yeah. the same thing like right in the karate kid that happened and in this movie the he makes those two kids hurt banks to take him out because banks was one of their best players and because he thought that that was the only way to win was to take out one of their star players because he knew he wouldn't win otherwise i mean he ends up losing anyway but to the coach and what he's teaching those kids is that winning is the only thing that matters. And it does. And if you have to cheat to get there, then that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, it, it kind of goes with some of the good that we have highlighted here. where like, this is kind of a quintessential nineties movie, right? It's like that inspiring sports story where you have to have that bad guy to have the balance and it works as a story overall. Oh yeah. I mean, they always have, I mean, if you look at any of the sports movies that come out of the nineties, I mean, even now, movies that sports movies that come out now, like it's always like that. There's some sort of like underdog that 
uh, doesn't realize their potential, but then does and comes out on top after, you know, defeating the enemy or whatever. That's just always how sports movies work. And it works. Like, yeah, it's just it a, totally does. I mean, it's no fun to watch it and then watch like the underdog lose. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so would you watch it again? Of course. Yeah, me too. I love this movie. It was fantastic. I absolutely will watch this again in the future. Um, if you guys want to watch along with us, what we have coming up next, we have uh, Lady and the Tramp double feature. We're going to do the one from 1955 and then the live action remake from 2019. We're going to do The Descendants from 2015, uh, Atlantis, The Lost Empire from 2001, and then we're going to do The Living Desert from 1953. So that's what we have coming up soon. Uh, don't forget, we're part of a network we have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, we have lots of stuff and lots of new contributors too, which is amazing to see. So all of that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent right to you. And that brings us to Weekly Geekery. So Katie, what have you been up to? I <laughs> I don't know why Chelsea and I decided to do this. Um, so Stephanie Meyer, the author of the Twilight series, um, yeah. came out with another book called Midnight okay. Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective. Okay. And Chelsea and I did like a review of all the movies. Like we did, we accidentally at the same time did a like rewatch of all the films. It was not planned. It just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, so we covered it on Tea Time and I told her, I was like, when this book comes out, I kind of feel like we're obligated to like read it. <laughs> But I didn't know it was going to be 672 pages. That's a big commitment. It's twice the size of Twilight. Like, how? what could she possibly have more to say? I don't know. I, I literally don't know. It's, it's a slow read, but I'm reading it. Okay. I'm not happy about it. But I made this decision. I did this to myself. So... So look, you're committed. I'm committed. Look forward to that episode. It's going to be great. Um, let's see what else. Uh, one I've talked about him on the podcast before. He was the the member of Monsta X that left the group last year, um, yeah. due to like allegations that turned out to be false, which we always knew they were. But he was cleared um, by the police and like like an investigation and everything. He released he's his like pre it's a pre release single, so his album's not out yet. It will be out in like two weeks, but he released a song early and it was amazing and emotional like it was so good and it was all in english which was unexpected um he said that he released it in english because he wanted to be able to tell his fans exactly how he felt about everything that happened and everything that he saw while he was on hiatus um and express his like gratitude and his love towards his fans and i sobbed oh that's cool it was really beautiful. Um, and then BTS is coming out with stuff this this week, like the week that we're recording this. But okay. they're releasing their first all English song called Dynamite. It comes out on the 21st. Is it the 21st? I'm lying. It's not the date. I don't remember. Um, it's coming out soon. No, it is the 21st. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, it's coming and it's really exciting. And... They've never released an, a song in English that they have like produced themselves and written themselves. So, and it's like covering a bunch of different decades 
or something. It's really interesting. They released a teaser today, and it had little pieces of different decades, like the 50s, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s in it. It was really weird. I was like, this is going to be an interesting video, and I'm here for it, and I'm really excited to hear, like, the actual song, so... I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, I finished a book this week. It was really good. It's called Recursion. It's by Blake Crouch. And it's it's like a time travel book, but you time travel by going back to your memories. And it has to be like a distinctive memory that left an impression on you. Um, and then like the twist in it is that when you catch back up to the time that you went back from, right? So like if you're 30 and you go back to the point where you were 15, if you live your life for the next 15 years and, you know, age back up to 30, when you hit that point, everybody's memories come back from the alternate timeline that you overwrote. And so it, it introduces this idea of like false memories and people getting this like false memory syndrome of having an alternate life that like didn't exist, but it also kind of did in an alternate reality. And it kind of spins out of control from there, but in the best kind of way. So I really liked that book. It was a really interesting premise and it just worked for me. So again, that's a recursion by Blake Crouch. Interesting. That's really yeah. weird. But it, like, it was weird, but good. But like really cool. That is like, I like how, I like when some books like involve different like aspects of psychology and stuff like that. It makes me really happy. Yeah, so that was great. I can highly recommend that. Um, and then the other thing that I started messing around with this week with my kids was the Starfinder audio RPG that's on Alexa. So it's like an Alexa skill, and hopefully I didn't just trigger a bunch of people's when you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, it's it's Starfinder, which is kind of like D&D, like it's a tabletop role-playing game, but they basically made, it's almost like an interactive, like choose-your-own-adventure podcast so like you're listening to it and like your character is interacting with other characters but then you get into like circumstances where you get a choice of like two or three different things that you can do and it'll stop and it'll prompt you for like what do you want to do and so it's almost a choose your own adventure but in podcast form it was really cool so yeah me and my kids are playing through that and that's been a really good time that's really cool yeah it's been fun um that's probably it for this week. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is disneyforeverpodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. And you can talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle Lady Catherine P. And I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? They could make another like hockey movie, but like with them, like in Joshua Jackson plays like the coach. <laughs>